Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you once again. I have one of the best parts about this little gig I've got as a podcaster after 15 years on the radio and, and, and everything with everything that went nuts over the last few years is the opportunity I've had to reach out to some really, really big and important figures in this fight for medical freedom that I talk about all the time. As a, the host of Vitality Radio, very early on, uh, just on local radio, I recognized that medical freedom was a big part of what we needed to be concerned about. And as my tagline says and has said for close to 15 years, this show's not just about health, but it's about health freedom. And I've been involved in that fight for quite a while. So then when this dreaded thing happened to us a few years ago, uh, early 2020, it was like, oh my gosh, here comes a fight like I've never seen before. And one of the people that has been really taking up the flag for the fight for medical freedom is finally on Vitality Radio. I'd like to welcome Kimberly Overton to the show. Thank you, Jared. Thank you so much. So let me yeah, tell our listeners a little bit about you in case they don't know. You're a registered nurse in Tennessee with a background in critical care. In July of 2021, you founded the Nurse Freedom Network to stand against the medical tyranny we are now facing. And I love that choice of words because it truly is a tyrannical system. You're a graduate of Western Kentucky University, and you've worked in the healthcare industry for over 25 years now, serving with both uh, in both clinical and administrative roles. Uh, you have a true passion for providing patient-centered care that focuses on empowering individuals through information and education. You've been a strong advocate for autonomy and informed consent, consent throughout your career. And beyond the advocacy, your larger vision for Nurse Freedom Network has always been creating opportunities for nurses to break away from this broken and oppressive sick care system. And I'm going to ask you what you mean by that for sure, and empower them to cultivate their own environment, one in which both nurses and patients alike will thrive. Uh, in 2022, you founded the Remnant Concierge Nursing Service, a private membership association specializing in the consultation and care of the vaccine injured. So with that, uh, Kim, I would love to hear first off, what do you mean when you say broken and oppressive sick care system? Well, that's basically what it is. I can't call it healthcare. That sounds like a, a little bit of an oxymoron to me because honestly, it does nothing to keep anyone well. I've been in this system for 26 years and all they do is throw another prescription at you. Nobody's ever looking at the root cause and figuring out what is causing the disease in your body. And that's a problem. We just are keeping people chronically sick and throwing prescriptions at them and having them come back every few months. Nobody's getting well. That's a big problem. You know, I think many people get into healthcare because we want to see people get well. 
but it never happens. It's just, it's a, a vicious cycle of um, big pharma and prescription drugs and, you know, managing disease versus getting to the root cause and uh, figuring out what it, the problem is and eradicating it. Well, you know, I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting because, you know, my position uh, in this thing is as a guy who grew up in a health food store, I've never worked in a hospital or or medicine at all. And frankly, as a guy who grew up in a health food store, I've always had a bit of a, um, well, let's just say I've kept my eye on the system because... <laughs> <laughs> I was raised quite differently uh, than many people who have gone into medicine, but it's so refreshing. Uh, you know, I've had Dr. McCullough on the show before and and uh, many others now, especially over the last year or so, who <clears throat> were or are part of the system and have found themselves having to advocate against the system that ha they've made their career, basically. And so it's a refreshing uh, insight, I think, that we get from someone like yourself who's actually been in the trenches, so to speak, doing this for for not just for years, but as a living, and then standing up and saying, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. So I'm curious, how early, or how far into your career in medicine did you start to see red flags and say, something's got to change? You know, I, I feel like it, I've been seeing it for a while. It's been a gradual process, I will say that. Like, I've always again, I've been in healthcare a long time. So I've always known that these uh, hospital systems have placed profits over patients. That's nothing new. Um, I didn't realize we were to the point where we were actually systematically murdering patients. That that was something that was very revealing to me and that I um, my eyes were open to over COVID. Um, but I will say, you know, I, I think it was a gradual process. We knew that, look at, just look at your nurses. Your nurses are your most unhealthiest population in the United States, most nurses are overweight. Uh, most nurses are not eating right. They're not sleeping right. They they don't hydrate. So we are not the healthiest of populations that you're going to find. So just looking at that and realizing that we are a part of this system. Would you come to a nurse or a doctor um, for healthcare advice or wellness advice when we can't even keep ourselves well? So then th that begs the question, because I've actually mentioned this on uh, on the show before, I have met so many dietitians uh, and certified nutritionists, certified dietitians who aren't fit at all. And so then the question is, and I'm curious your answer, because I have some ideas of my own. Why do you think that nurses as a general, uh, you know, as a general rule, clearly we all know nurses that are healthy and fit as well. But why are there so many who are essentially sick, unfit, that kind of thing, along with things like dietitians and nutritionists that are at least in theory trained on how not to be? Right. And I think it's just the system and the way it is designed. Um, this system, the way it's set up, it really, I mean, we are working, you know, 12 to 16 hour shifts. We're not sleeping right. We don't eat well. Um, we are not, <clears throat> excuse me, not hydrating appropriately. I probably drink... Um, nothing but coffee all day. It's a, it's, you know, it's a very rare thing if I get a bottle of water, never mind, you know, the, the recommended amount. So we're just, we don't take care of ourselves. We're constantly putting others' needs before our own. And I think that is just, you know, evidence of the way that this system has been designed to keep us, you know, and it's, it's almost like an abusive relationship. If I had to describe it in any kind of a way, um, it is like, being in that abusive relationship where you keep thinking things will change and they never do. Um, and uh, we, we just don't 
focus on ourselves or keeping ourselves well. And it's, it's sad and unfortunate, but we need to change it. Absolutely. And I think that it's really interesting too, because I've always had that question in my mind, why in the world would people who are being entrusted with your health be made to work 12 and 16 hour shifts? I mean, what kind of mistakes can be, can happen just from sheer fatigue and mental, uh, energy lap or, you know, a lapse in, in, in mental focus and judgment, things like that. You know, we have very strict rules on how far a pilot can fly before he has to take the the day off. And we have very strict rules with, uh, you know, long haul truckers and, you know, they have to tag team these long rides so that one sleeps while one drives. And yet we have doctors and nurses that are working what I consider to be absurd shifts and hours, uh, you know, overnight swing shifts, graveyards, 12 hours, 16 hours, like you said. And it makes absolutely no sense. It's it, it's absolutely crazy. And I don't want a nurse or a doctor to touch me or one of someone in my family after they've been on the clock for 12 hours. Right. And I'll tell you, it's only gotten worse because when now that the system is so short staffed because they fired all of their nurses, um, you know, now we're just taxed so, so badly that we've got nurses that are working the mandatory overtime. So they have to work like four to five, 12 hour shifts in a row. I mean, it's unheard of. It's absurd. There should be um, something in place that, uh, you know, where that's that's not allowed. But unfortunately, um, that isn't a thing. Neither is safe staffing ratios. There's no limit to how many patients they can put on one nurse. There is not a limit. Really? Yeah, I didn't not know in that. The, not in the med search. So in the ICU, it's typically two to one. But, you know, when we're short staffed, sometimes they'll sneak in three to one, sometimes four to one. You know, the, the less nurses we have, it seems like the more and more the nurses are too afraid to say, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not safe. And unfortunately, that's their license that's on the line when they're taking three and four critical patients. These, these patients are critically ill. They need our, they need our attention. We can't divide um, our attention between four critically ill patients. That is not safe. But these nurses, again, they wouldn't even advocate for themselves. I don't think they're going to be able to advocate for their patients very well. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem like it. So then what? how do we change something like this? I mean, this is a big, massive system that's making billions of dollars every year uh, with corporate greed being probably a bigger driver than, than patient care, at least certainly from the top down. Uh, what What can we do about it? Well... Personally, I am done asking for change. I'm not begging for change that's never coming. You know, we can go on all the strikes that we want and we can hold out and do the union thing all we want. But we've been doing this for decades, probably centuries, where we have been begging for this change. It's not coming. It's time to walk away. That's what we need to do. And that's what I'm encouraging other nurses to do as well. You know, I started uh, alongside of our 501c3, I started our 508c1a. It's a private membership association, Remnant Nursing. And what we're doing is we are going to be providing opportunities for nurses to break away from this system um, by coming in and working under our PMA as uh, providing concierge nursing ser services, whether that be in the home or uh, doing some coaching via telehealth and education via telehealth. Um, we have nurses on our platform that are, uh, on, we are onboarding as well as nurse practitioners, PAs. The um, interest in this has been overwhelming. I completely underestimated how many people are actually ready to break away and do something different. We need okay. to start providing an environment where we are going to focus on true patient-centered care and focusing on getting people healthy and well. 
That isn't happening in this system. That's really exciting that you've had such a, a, a large degree of interest. Yeah. So then just to make sure I'm clear here, what you're basically saying is the system as it is, is probably so broken that it's not going to be fixed. So we start a new yeah. system. That's, 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 that's where I'm at. I believe it's unsustainable okay. and unfixable. That's my opinion. I, it certainly feels that way to me as well. So I can understand how you came to that conclusion. Okay. So then what, what does this look like if, if there's a patient? Well, first let's talk from the nurse's perspective or a medical professional's perspective. They're interested in this remnant concierge. They're willing to, as you put it, walk away. What does it look like for them? Yeah. So you know, and I'm not encouraging people to just, you know, quit their job. And, and the, the really great thing about what we're doing is you can keep your current job. You can work as little or as much as you'd like with us as you start to build up, you know, what basically your own concierge nursing practice under our PMA. We're going to be offering micro franchise opportunities for nurses to come in at a very affordable price. You have to join our private membership association. We can't see anybody that is not under our PMA and we can't work with anybody that is not a part of our PMA. And if you're not familiar with the private membership association. Basically, uh, that model takes the state, local, and federal authorities completely. Um, they have no jurisdiction over what we do because we are not in the public domain any longer. It's our constitutionally guaranteed right to private contract between ourselves and our members. Um, so that that takes all of the, you know, the, the governments and the hospital systems and all those who would dictate our care is, is removed. Well, so that makes all kinds of sense. And actually, it really was just during COVID that I, for the first time, heard what a PMA was. And I think maybe a lot of people that are looking at the freedom fight here have probably recently become familiar with it. But I mean, I anticipate most people listening to this show probably don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really critical thing because when you talk about the private membership association and removing all of those restrictions, it to me, as on the outside looking in, one of the things that I, I have found very frustrating is looking at how, uh, how handcuffed medical professionals are by the system itself. Like they could give better care if they were allowed to give it. Is that an accurate statement? That's correct. Yeah. And a lot of people are, they're hamstring by their, their licensure. We have to get to a point now we're going to need a whole new, I feel like a nurse, a whole new nursing education. That's like on my list too. We have to start a new uh, nursing education system in this country because these nurses are not thinking critically. If they were pushing remdesivir that we know is harmful in killing patients and uh, calling the very safe Nobel Prize winning medication ivermectin a horse dewormer, you know, what's more frightening in that scenario that they, you know, just that they're complicit in that lie or that they don't know any better. So nurses clearly are not critically thinking that needs to change. That needs to change. Um, there, there's so many things that I feel like if we would just completely move away and start our own certifications or licensures. The thing about a private membership association, licensure does not matter. You can practice your profession under that PMA without a license. You do not need a license to practice under the PMA. So then what would you do now if now if we go from the patient's perspective and looking in and saying, well, do I want to trust my health with this new you know, group of, of nurses or doctors or whatever, uh, what would you do then to verify that these people are qualified to hold that position within the organization? Sure. I mean, we can always, you know, show people our credentials. Uh, we can show people our uh, nursing education. And it's really up to them, you know, if they if they feel comfortable or not. We certainly don't want to work with people and that are uncomfortable. I think 90% of, of the, the problem we're going to have is changing people's mindsets because they're so 
um, just ingrained and embedded that, you know, they need the insurance to cover everything. Concierge services are all cash based, but they're so conditioned. Even myself, I would always go looking for the job with the best, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shale plan, you know, to what end? Because we pay all of this money in premiums. We pay all of this money in our very high deductible. And then at the end of the day, we maybe get five minutes with a doctor who does nothing but throw a prescription at us. We leave and we are no better off than when we walked in. So we have to learn to understand and change the mindset and realize that our health is an investment. And if we weren't paying all that money in insurance, we could pay it um, in investing in people that, again, that are going to get you healthy and well. So I think that the biggest battle that we will have moving forward is just changing that mindset. But we've gotten to a point now over these last two years where the public is just becoming increasingly distrustful of the, the medical system. And I mean, rightly so. We've had doctors and nurses pushing experimental, you know, mRNA I won't even call it a vaccine because it doesn't meet the definition, but we've had them pushing these shots on people, on pregnant women, on babies. We don't have any safety data. They call this safe and effective when we have no way of knowing that. I mean, my mind is blown that this is happening. Um, so, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't trust any of them. I fired every single one of my doctors. I don't want a yeah. nurse that would, would not provide me with informed consent. One of the biggest challenges I have, again, coming from the way I was raised. So I'm I'm a guy who is 50 years old. I've been on two antibiotics in my entire life. None of my kids, the oldest of which is 25, has ever been on an antibiotic. Um, so I was raised with some knowledge on how to do things more naturally, more holistically, and frankly, a, a fairly healthy dose of distrust for modern medicine. Yeah. But then I, I always concern myself that maybe I'm coming off as, look, it's all terrible and it all needs to be thrown out the window, but I absolutely want that skilled surgeon if I'm in a, you know, in a, have a need for, for a life-saving surgery. I want the pharmaceutical that could potentially save my life as well. And I want that nurse who really cares about my health and, as you said, is actually thinking critically before she is doing whatever it is that, sh uh, that she's going to be doing to help me. And so there's this this really crazy balance uh, and kind of a balancing act that we that we play. And you're right. I am 100% convinced that mindset is everything. I have been doing this show and working with people with, you know, natural remedies for years and years and years. And I associate myself with a few naturopathic doctors and uh, that can do things that I can't do, like blood tests and, and all of that sort of thing. And I've helped a lot of people with no medical license. And I have to be very cautious because, well, frankly, if I'm not really cautious, I can be hit for practicing medicine without a license, right? And of course, I'm not claiming to practice medicine at all. I'm basically making recommendations on things, you know, kind of do this instead of that sort of thing. Um, and anyway, I'm rambling here, but I love what you're saying because I think that that is really one of the biggest keys is the mindset that somebody has to go through four years of traditional medical school to be qualified to help somebody with their health when we all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but we all need to understand that medical school is largely funded by pharma and for the purposes of turning doctors into essentially salespeople for their medicines. 
Exactly. And so many, I, I think so many doctors, and I was very allopathically trained as a nurse, you know, I, I think, and so many in the system are. And that's why what we're doing in our PMA is we are actually providing training for these nurses in functional medicine, in homeopathy, and all of these different holistic modalities. Because if you're like me, you came out of, out of this. I was not anti-vax when I came into this fight. I wasn't. I had had all my vaccines. My child had all of his vaccines. We always just implicitly trust them. Listen, nurses do not get any education on vaccines, and that might surprise some people, but we don't. All that the only education that we get on vaccines is that they are safe, effective, and necessary. That is it. That is all that we get. So, and we always just implicitly trust it. And that was a very big mistake uh, that I and so many other nurses have made. Unfortunately, we always just felt like those people were doing their due diligence and were, you know, I always thought that people that got into medicine were of uh, the highest moral and ethical character, but how wrong I was there. But I think that to your point, Western medicine is definitely, it's necessary. You know, we, it has its place, but it's definitely overused, right? Like you said, we want that trauma surgeon in emergency situations. Yes, we, we need these surgeons and we need these systems in place. But I think that the more that these alternative or parallel systems become relevant, then they are going to have to, we're going to really be holding their feet to the fire. They are going to have to raise their standards because right now there's, their standard of care is so disgustingly low because there are no other options for people. As we start to rise up, they are going to have to rise up to match us. We may not burn it down completely and we, we may not want to because we want to, there are still good nurses and good doctors in that system. And we want to make sure that, you know, because Unfortunately, when we do something like cash pay, you're cutting out very vulnerable populations who aren't going to be able to afford it, and that's your elderly and your low-income families. And we certainly don't want to leave anyone behind. But we need to, uh, as we come up, we need to be able to hold them accountable to provide better care for people. Yeah, 100%. My naturopathic MD here in Salt Lake City is a cash pay, uh, you know, clinic. He, he would, I, I would consider him very much to be a functional medicine doctor, but he does have four years of medical school behind him uh, and has prescribing rights and things like that. So he really kind of has the whole package. But one of the first questions when I refer somebody over to him is, well, will he take my insurance? Because again, we're kind of conditioned that way. And I think you've been on RSB, Robert Scott Bell's show, oh, yes. haven't you? Many yeah, times. yeah. I, I thought I'd seen you on there before. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite things, maybe my favorite thing he's ever said uh, is the most dangerous thing you can have in America is really great health insurance. That's the truth. I mean, what's the third <laughs> leading cause of death in this country? Preventable medical error. And, you know, the more we go and, and entrust our, our care to these doctors and, you know, these hospital systems, um, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous. We want to keep people healthy, well, and out of the hospital. And to that end, what we're doing with Remnant, we do offer um, the concierge services, but we also customize, um, create customized COVID care kits. So we are trying to keep people, again, healthy, well, and out of the hospital. So we keep, we have kits that we create for uh, prevention. We have kits that we prevent, uh, we create for early treatment, for long haul COVID and for uh, vaccine injury that we are able to ship. We can actually ship globally under our private membership association to our members. Um, and these are things that we include all of the supplements, basically everything that you need to get well. We're going to give you a weight-based compounded ivermectin. We're going to give you a, nebul a nebulizer and pulse oximeter uh, instead of spirometer and all of the supplements that you need to keep you healthy and well. Really? That's very yeah. interesting. And that that's currently available? That's not in that the is. future? 
That's correct. Nope, that available. is currently okay. available. Yes. And so uh, let's take it now a little bit deeper with from the patient perspective. The vast majority of people listening to this show, of course, are going to be on the patient side rather than the practitioner side. So if someone listening to the show says, hey, I'm really interested in this remnant concierge service. First, you said they they do need to actually join the association, right? As a patient, is that right? That's correct. So anybody that's interested, whether that be a patient or a nurse, so the patients can uh, can sign up with a, uh, it's a $15 a month access fee, and that gets you access to all of our programs and services. And uh, for healthcare workers and nurses that are interested in our micro-franchise opportunities, that level is $30 a month, or that we have higher levels, but that's the basic membership that they would, that would be required to access those opportunities. And like I, I tell people all the time, listen, even if you don't need our services right now for a low monthly cost, just, you know, it's 50 cents a day for $15 a month, you know, you can support the very important ministry uh, that we're doing. Well, I love looking at it that way too. Yeah. As being a supporting member, not just a, uh, a member in need, but of course right. it's like anything else. Once you're in need, you want to have it there, right? Exactly. And that, yeah. And then we're right there to serve you whenever you need us. So, so would most of this be done through telehealth or how is that happening? That's how we we're going to roll it out initially as telehealth. Um, we do a lot of detoxing as well. Um, I There are solutions for these people that have taken this vaccine. I know a lot of people are afraid now that we see what's happening, um, so many different adverse events, so many sudden deaths that we are seeing lately. And it has people really frightened. And I just, if I can impart anything to, to people, it's, you know, we're not meant to live in a spirit of fear. And there is always Hope. We've been seeing, I have a detox that I've been using. We have been seeing incredible results um, with the vaccine injured that I've been working with for the past 10 months now. So there are resources available. I do recommend that anybody who um, has had any dose, I don't care when it was, uh, to go through that detox process. But I also recommend it to everybody, even the unvaccinated, because at this point, we are all so exposed. I'm sure you know this well, that the toxins, there's no end to, you know, it's, it, they're coming at us from every direction, whether it be the air that we breathe, the water we drink, the food that we eat. Um, we are also exposed. And with, I think it's like 80%, maybe more of the population that is fully vaccinated, we now have to worry about, you know, exosomal transmission and shedding as well. So the best defense that we have going for whatever is coming down the pike at us, and I'm sure that 2020 was just a dress rehearsal for whatever is to come next, our best defense is going to be getting in optimal immune health, boosting yeah. our immune system. That's our best and probably our only defense. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's one. Of, and of course, that's, you know, my whole career has been trying to help people with preventative medicine. And it's, I, I guess it's a little bit of a shame, but maybe it's a silver lining of what's happened over the last few years that a lot more people are waking up to the fact that they do need to actually take care of their health in preparation for whatever it is that's coming around the, the corner. So uh, I think it's really cool that you guys are actually doing that. And when we started this conversation. I didn't even know that was uh, part of what you were doing. So that's exciting. Yeah. So then as a, um, if I join the organization or the association as a patient and I say, okay, I'm interested in, in 
these the detox kit is that that's just kind of a general thing I can order I don't have a specific practitioner I work with or do do I get assigned to a practitioner how does all that go yeah so we we have options for the COVID care kits um, you would have a consult with uh, with a practitioner and that is included in the price it's okay. consultation and the kit and then the detox we I, I prefer to work with people through that we can tr- we can provide um, details I would I want to see everybody detoxed so if they can't afford the product and a consultation um, I will make a, a general recommendation for to start that detox process um, and just make sure that they get the products. And then we are here. If you want to, if you have questions or you want to go through anything, uh, then certainly we are available for consultation. But my biggest thing is I want to make sure people get on this detox and get themselves well. Uh, What can you tell us without going into a ton of detail? What does the detox entail? You said there's supplements involved, of course. Um, How long does it take? Uh, Is it different for everybody? How does that work? So I, I work with, uh, it's the Root Brands. I don't know if you're familiar with the Root Brands. Dr. Christina Rahm, she has an extremely extensive and impressive background, um, actually in the biopharmaceutical industry. Um, but she is a scientific formulator. She has more degrees than a thermometer. I couldn't even rattle them all off <laughs> to you. But she's an absolutely brilliant woman. I've met her and she is um, just has an amazing, amazing heart for humanity. She actually uh, made her formulations um to treat, she had cancer, her child had cancer, um, and she had made those formulations to heal her family. And then she has decided to share those with the world. And it is, again, showing tremendous results for the patients that I've been working with for the past 10 months with sometimes an almost near uh, reversal of symptoms in many of the cases. So oh, we're, the- we're amazed. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I work, I don't, I don't think you are even aware of this. Maybe I have two podcasts. This is Vitality Radio that we're on right now, but my other podcast is Dearly Discarded, which I do with React 19. Uh, incredible organization, as I'm yes. sure you're aware. Mm-hmm. And all I do is tell stories about vaccine injured, uh, you know, or, or help the vaccine injured tell their story. Essentially, I mostly sit there and let them talk and, and be heard. But uh, of course, the struggle is real, right? I mean, React 19 is well over 40,000 people now. Uh, that are injured and or family of those who have died uh, due to these injuries. And so what this this is really, really intriguing to me. So uh, for that group of people, of course, we have obvious, noticeable uh, injury that they're dealing with, many of which uh, or, or I should say the severity of which it varies a lot uh, from person yeah. to person. But you said two things that I don't want to gloss over that I think are pretty important. If somebody's in the audience and they've they've been jabbed once, twice, three times, whatever, and they've decided uh, maybe that wasn't a great idea, then those people you think should also run through the detox, even if they're not sure that they're having side effects or injury, right? Correct. Yes. I think, listen, the, I think everybody should be on it everybody should be on it because again, and it's, it's not, it's very passive detox and it's something that you would be on regularly. If you can't be on it forever, I would say at least, you know, get on the clean slate and start that. I would do it for at least 90 days. Um, But this is something that you should do regularly. And I, um, if you're not familiar with the detox girls, we do a lot of collaborating um, programs together. We actually do fundraisers for the vaccine injured. I designed a vaccine injury program around these products, um, using them as the foundation of the the, uh, program that we have. And we're doing fundraisers for the vaccine injured because we don't 
want that. Most of these vaccine injured, listen, some of them have been destroyed financially. And, you know, they don't want to try one more thing, you know, that may or may not work, right? But I want to make sure that everybody has access to these. I can't make anybody promise this. Listen, everybody's different. And as you said, you know, there are varying degrees of vaccine injury. Um, so what we're doing is once a month, we are getting together, we do a webinar with uh, featuring one of the vaccine injured, and we uh, do a fundraiser, we try to raise $2,500. $2,500 would um, cover the cost of six months of product, as well as six months of nursing services for that vaccine injured client, mm. for them to be able to try these potentially life changing solutions for, for six months to see if they help um, without, you know, causing them any more financial distress. Because again, people are throwing things at them all of the, all the time. And I can understand the skepticism. So we really want to make sure that we're, we're providing an alternative and an option for these people to be able to try something that, again, might potentially make a, an, an incredible difference for them. That's really exciting. I'm going to have to pick your brain a little bit after this about, you know, mm -hmm. how this all looks and, and definitely look into the uh, the PMA. I'm already convinced that I, I should be a member for sure. Like you said, even if, if for nothing else to support what you're doing, because I think it's so valuable. Yeah, thank you. So then if what, what else do you think you, you said from a from a nurse's perspective, you said basically what we have to get, we have to get to the point where we're willing to walk away and leave the broken system, help, uh, you know, join hands and, and raise a new system that can truly help not just the nurses to feel like they've, they're actually doing their very best for the patient, but also the patient to get the best results. From the patient's perspective, other than this mind shift thing, which is huge, uh, but a lot of the people listening to my show have already kind of made that shift. Uh, you know, they're already more thinking in the alternative uh, avenue. They're they're looking at avoiding these things. They have many, 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 many people listening to the show. I would dare say a lot more probably that did not get jabbed than did. I'm guessing. I really don't know. We've never taken a poll. Mm -hmm. um, but for that person, uh, what can they do besides joining an organization like this, which I think is is very valuable? What do you think they can do to help shift the mindset of those around them, maybe family members, friends, uh, people they have on social media, that sort of thing? Well, I think that once people start focusing on getting themselves well, and when they are like a walking testimony of what it is to actually get to the root cause of their illness, eradicate it, and then live a good and healthy life. I've seen so many people that have been chronically ill for years and then finally have gone and connected with a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath, and they are finally seeing results. And they are, a, there's nobody, you know, that's going to talk more than like a woman that you get well after they've been dealing with like <laughs> raging like hormones or whatever. They, you get them well and they're telling everybody, right? So you, I think that is a big place to start and be that like just, living testimony to what actually staying healthy and well means. And there have been people that have been like yourself that have been in this, you know, realm for a really long time. And we're not going to change everybody's mind. I get that. We're, we're not going to. And, but, and I think that's okay. You know, all again, that's autonomy. It goes back to autonomy, right? But we should be providing people with all of the options and all of the alternatives and whatever they decide to do at the end of the day, we support them and we wish them well. But as long as we're providing as nurses the information that there are other things that they can try versus just going straight to these prescription medications, you know, for like depression and anxiety, why is medication the first 
place we're going? Has anything else been tried? And I might understand that sometimes in an, an acute you know, situation, we might need to start on medication, but where's the end to that? You know, it seems like we get on and then they're on it forever versus just getting on it to deal with an acute situation and then looking for other more natural ways, you know, going for a walk, or, you know, doing exercising, getting out in nature. There are so many different things that we can do. And like, listen, you know, all roads lead to the gut, heal your gut, and you're probably going to uh, take care of some of the, the depression because 95% of our serotonin is produced in the gut Amen. and nobody looks at it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're trying to fix a gut problem by working with chemicals in the brain. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I had somebody on Instagram hit me up, a complete stranger. Uh, they'd never listened to my show before. And it, to your statement before, they came to me because a friend had had really good success following some of my advice uh, with supplementation. So she came, comes to me on Instagram. This is just a few days ago. And she says, um, what do you have for depression? That was literally, I think, all she said. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I need a little more information. Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, she said, what do you have for depression? I'm on a lot of meds. That's what she said. I said, well, first off, you know, I have, I have to be cautious. I'm not a doctor. Um, I can't really instruct you on your medicines, but I also don't want to make any recommendations on supplements without knowing what medicines you're on. Yeah. So tell me what medicines you're on. And she listed off four different antidepressant or anti-anxiety drugs, along with a statin and a PPI. And I said, and I said, okay, and your primary concern is depression. And she said, yes. And I said, but you're on four things that in theory anyway should be assisting with your depression. And she said, yeah, but it's not working. And I see that. I know you do too. You probably yeah. see it more than I do. I see that all the time. And I won't go into the long list of things that I then asked her to try and assess what was going on and what her history was and things. But it's so devastatingly challenging, I think, for the patient in that position. They're on five, six, seven, eight different medications. They're not getting results, but they're scared to not do the medications because maybe things will get worse or maybe they'll drop a medication and it'll have some sort of a rebound effect or a withdrawal effect, which of course is very, very common and quite dangerous with psych meds. Uh, and they don't really know where to go. They feel stuck and that's why, again, someone like yourself and this organization that you've created can be such a godsend because they can actually get advice from someone who does know what they're doing, but doesn't necessarily have to do it within the, the system that they're in. Right. Because if, if, you know, COVID showed us anything, you know, it's that these doctors are going to toe the line because they, they would not prescribe the very safe medication, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine that has been safely used for decades, you know, in humans, <laughs> but they wouldn't prescribe that because they knew that by doing so they're, they're, they were jeopardizing their job and their career. And that's why I walked away from bedside nursing because I couldn't watch one more of my patients needlessly die from the remdesivir that I knew that's what was killing these patients. It was not COVID. It was the remdesivir the entire time. And I'm watching them deny my patients these life-saving medications. Um, that's the entire reason that I walked away and left. But, you know, I think that having somebody, you know, like myself, like these nurses that are in the system, to your point earlier, you said you have to be really careful about recommending things because we get accused of practicing medicine. So as a nurse, you know, technically, I'm not supposed to give medical advice as a nurse. I'm supposed to advise you to go and talk with your doctor and, and all of that. Right. Um, but here's the thing. What's really funny to me is anyone on the street can go tell you to get the COVID vaccine. That's perfectly acceptable. 
Yep. Any late night talk show host can dance around with, you know, vaccine needles and, and they can tell you to go get vaccinated. But myself as a registered nurse who's educated, I can't tell you not to go get a vaccine. Right. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's just it's it's twisted up backwards thinking like so much of what's going on in America right now. And and you're right. It's crazy that you can practice medicine all you want as long as you're practicing the right medicine exactly. uh, and following the narrative that's been you know given to us from on high. OK, so then I think I have to tell you, Kim, this has been fascinating. I really wasn't sure exactly what we were going to talk about today. I just knew I wanted to talk to you because I've heard you speak uh, many times uh, online and I and I know what you stand for. I didn't know what Remnant Concierge Nursing Services was. And now I'm extremely intrigued. And I anticipate a lot of people listening will be. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up because I know your time is so valuable. Is there anything else that you think people listening today need to know? And then, of course, please tell us how people can get involved with Remnant Concierge Nursing Services. Sure, absolutely. So you can visit our website. You can go to its www. I'm so old. We don't say www <laughs> apparently anymore. I just found that out. But it's remnantnursing.org. I show my age every time I say that. Uh, remnantnursing.org. I do okay. recommend also that everybody subscribe to uh, my Substack. I know a lot of people follow on social media, but I am very, very highly censored. I have eight different Facebook accounts because I'm constantly in Facebook jail. Um, so I do recommend subscribing to our Substack for all of our updates. That is um, going to be nursefreedomnetwork.substack.com. And then, of course, we have Nurse Freedom Network, which is nursefreedomnetwork.org. Um, we are a 501c3 organization, so we uh, do uh, gratefully accept donations on that website. And again, the membership is on remnantnursing.org. And of course, any questions, you can reach us through the website. And for those listening on the uh, on the podcast uh, app, whichever one you're using, there will be a show description. Within that description, all of those links will be listed, so you can just click on those links and go directly there. If you have questions, of course, about anything you ever hear on Vitality Radio, you can always call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662, and you can even visit us at VitalityNutrition.com. There's a chat box open there if you have questions about anything you heard here or on any other episode. Uh, but I, I will just say this as someone who is as virgin to this information as you are that's not typical usually I have a little better idea of what's going to happen on the show uh, but I really I didn't understand this was even a thing and I'm so excited about it so as someone who just heard about this for the first time just like you um, I'm absolutely as soon as I'm done talking right now I'm going to jump over to remnantnursing.org I'm, I'm super intrigued and I will let you know my thoughts once I've uh, been there I'll, I'll post some things uh, you know on the socials and within the Vitality Radio listeners community uh, to let you know what my thoughts are but uh, Kim I am so grateful that there have been people who are willing to be brave and courageous in this fight for freedom, stand up even against uh, many, many, uh, you know, co-workers and the organizations that they've been brought up through, whether it be nursing school or the actual, uh, you know, hospital system or whatever you were working. It is so necessary. We've got to have people not just on this kind of alternative weird health food store guy like me side. I hope that I provide some value as well, but we need people from the inside of medicine standing up and doing what you're doing. And I am so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Like, like you said, you know, honestly, it's going to take all of us coming together in that spirit of collaboration to move 
forward and get anything done. So I appreciate you very much uh, taking the time to have me on and, and explain a little bit about what we're doing. Absolutely. And then, of course, I will extend the invitation if there's anything new that people need to know about with uh, remnant nursing or anything else that you're doing, uh, please reach out. I'd be happy to share the message or have you back on again. And uh, I definitely want to talk to you after the fact about uh, what you're doing with uh, the vaccine injured because they I have so many of them that I now know personally that are near and dear to my heart and I really want to help them. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, we'll wrap up the show with just that. You've heard another amazing guest on Vitality Radio. I'm so grateful to have these voices uh, that are willing to, to stand up and be heard and uh, do the right thing in a very, very challenging environment. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. Share Vitality Radio with your friends and family members. Who knows? They might actually like it. They might actually learn something. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.